So we're hanging out Friday, and Witt's like, hey, Orlando, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to go to the uh, Tour Championship? I'm like, oh, heck yeah, man. Like, uh, I'll go to the Tour Championship. I've never been to a golf tournament before, so you know, it was a good chance to go see my, some of my favorite golfers. So Saturday, Witt uses his magic powers, and we ended up getting some, some, some nice parking <laughs> and and just walked straight in. On, it was what, like like the 14th hole. We just mm-hmm. walked straight in. Yep. And didn't scan any tickets, anything like that. And it was awesome. Wick goes to his little sweet box or whatever and disappears for the entire time. And Ryan yeah. and I walk around and actually enjoy the tournament while Wick yeah. smoothes people. I totally did not mean for that to happen either. Yeah, you did. I, not, not, <laughs> I mean, I, I was definitely going to go to the suite, but my plan was to go to the suite, eat some food, get a couple right. free drinks. I was thinking I could bring drinks out of it because I was thinking it was going to be like how IndyCar was in that. In, uh, uh, Nashville, but it was completely different. Like everything was kind of more um, sectioned off. There's security and all that kind of stuff. So I couldn't walk out. I could walk out with, well, now honestly, they probably would have let me walk out with a couple of drinks. I should have done that. I mean, all they have was Michelob, though. Of course, that, that's probably what you guys drank throughout the course. Period. So, um, exactly. spent way too much money. Uh, so golf stuff is already really expensive. Oh, but yeah. when you put it on a golf course, you know, at, at like, like a major event, and then the price just hikes up. So I ended up spending so much money at the PGA Tour store. At the course, bought a couple shirts, bought my, myself a shirt, my dad a shirt, some other stuff. Beer wasn't that bad. It was about expected. It was like $10 for Michelob. And then I had this like mango type, like alcoholic drink. That was mango good. cart? Yeah, mango cart. Oh, that's oh. so good. You should try it on draft. It's amazing. Oh, man. When I tell you like, so Ryan was like, oh, dude, this thing's really good. You can drink these, you know, and drink a lot of them. So I drank one. And I was like, man, I could have drank like, <laughs> Like thirty of these, mm-hmm. but they're pretty was, expensive. But they're like very seasonal, so they're kind of rare to come across sometimes. But you find them every time I run into them. I get at least two cases. They're so good, man. It was so good. But, do you uh, like mango stuff like that, dude? I love mangoes, man. Really? It's yeah. funny. I don't really like mango stuff, but I will tear up some mango. Mango drinks, mm-hmm. like even if it's just like juice, I love. Mango what about like drinks. mango white claws? You like those? Mango okay. white claws, the best I, one. I cannot say that I have had a mango. I white like claws. I like mango stuff, but when I drink mango seltzers or like mango alcohol. Yeah, I, f- I, get, I feel kind of sickly. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why. That's weird. But I also have a super sensitive stomach. That that's, should be a very well-known <laughs> fact find out with you guys. You have a sensitive stomach? Uh-huh. Can't tell. A large sensitive <laughs> stomach, but a sensitive stomach nonetheless. Going back to the, P- to the Tour Championship, yeah. got to see all my favorite golfers, got to see Rory tee off a couple times, mm-hmm. got to see him hit a couple bad shots. I think the coolest part, though, was um, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, his ball, so he hits a bad tee shot, and his ball's in the rough. And we would kind of walk past the ball, and we're like, oh, there's a ball right there. So we kind of post up next to the ball. And Joaquin Neiman walks up right next to us, sets his bag, his caddy sets his bag down. I kid you not, I was so close to him. Like, I could have reached into his bag and grabbed a couple balls, yep. a couple pins, stuff like that. <laughs> Should have done it. So he, like, lines up his shot, hits the shot, clanks off a tree, rolls backwards mm-hmm. <laughs> onto the other rough on the fairway. And I'm like, man, this, these people are just like us, even, <laughs> even though they make thousands of do- millions of dollars and and playing the PGA Tour. So he walks over, looks it up, kind of looks at the shot, has a few practice swings, and then just skies one over the trees right next to the green. I'm like, man, I couldn't have done that. I would have clanked it off some more trees. <laughs> but, but, yeah, we would have been stuck in the woods for like an hour. We would have been stuck in the woods for an hour. But, I mean, it was cool because I got to get the video of the entire thing. And I loved your Snapchats every time. You'd be like, yeah, Rory. Every time like, you walk by. I think, I think the funny thing, the funniest thing I heard was um, Rory is going to the, I think it was the eighth tee, and one guy was like, ah, drain the main vein, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
my gosh. <laughs> and Roy, Roy just like doesn't even acknowledge him. He just goes to the eighth seat. But yeah, it was awesome. Dude. I appreciate it for uh, yeah. taking me with you because it was that was really cool. Yeah, we had a good time. The uh, one thing I really wish we would have done is actually record the round. Because I honestly feel like, especially with that one, with Joaquin Neiman, I feel like you guys were probably on TV. Because he, not that he was like in the top five or anything, but yeah. he was up there on the leaderboard too. So I tried to go to like YouTube and like just look up highlights from the third mm-hmm. round. Because at, at some points we were so close, like we were yeah. right next to the camera at some points. Yeah. So I, I wonder if we were on TV at all. That's We should we have recorded it. When even like behind the, um behind a lot of the tee boxes were where most of the people were standing. Yeah. You could probably see, like I know when um John Ron teed off on number six, if, if there was a camera on him, I was on that camera. Yeah. For sure. Because it was, I even saw the camera over there and it was facing towards us. It had to have been. So, but I didn't even think about we might have been on TV. I was watching the final round the next day. Uh, which was awesome, by the way. Oh. Really, really awesome. I mean... Uh, Some great golf. Yeah. It was a really good golf. I was watching to see all the areas that I was standing in, like when I walked around the course, uh, where the suite was right in between hole uh, 14 and 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like looking around. I was like, I, I bet I was on TV at this point where when Justin Thomas was here mm-hmm. the day before, when Rory was here the day before, whatever. Um, and it made me really wish I could go back and watch that round three and see like all the places we were before. Yeah. But... Didn't Rory end up yelling at someone or something? Or that was that was that was, that was a, like two weeks ago. Was, okay, some dude so had two... like a, a, a remote control ball. That's what it was, was and they were bugging him with week, it. No. Remote control ball. Remote yeah. control ball that I completely missed. That was that. on the green, and and Rory ended up picking up the ball and throwing it into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> and As he should. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. And the fan gets gets obviously arrested and whatnot mm. and taken off the course. But yeah, yeah, nothing like that. But it, it's I mean it's. Golf is just like a, it's it's a different type of spectacle, man. As a, different type of people, lots of snobs. Yeah. Like I thought there were lots of snobs on just like regular golf courses when I go and play with oh, Wit no. or other people, but this was like a different level of snob. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was just, ah, it was it was. You should you should have seen the sweet level. <laughs> it was pretty much humble brag, snobs. huh? Humble yeah. brag. Humble well, brag. I mean, I mean humble, humble brag, but hey, all right. The o- but the only <laughs> reason who brought you along, I know, right? Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> the uh, I mean, if, let's talk about this too. The only reason I was in the suite is because I work for United Rentals, and we are the official rental sponsor of the PGA Tour. So we we do the rental cooling rental power for all the entire event i need to see your credentials or you need to have a cart to come across this path yes i did not have credentials though so we did (laughs) come on you you got a competitor right here we almost had to walk like three miles to get somewhere where we could have walked five steps (laughs) to where my truck was parked because we parked in the um i hope nobody from the pga actually hears (laughs) this we parked in the lay down yard for united rentals equipment and i actually got really lucky because i called my tech that was working out there because we only had one tech from the local branch was out there and he wasn't even working that day, and I didn't know that. But he sent me the project manager's number for the PGA Tour events. And he said, call this guy and see if he can help you out. So I texted him. I said, hey, it's Whit Barfield. I'm a power rep um, in the local area. Is there any way I could come and park in a laydown yard? I'm coming for the tournament. I'll probably just be there a couple hours. And, he's, and I didn't realize this, but I took him to lunch on Tuesday, and I didn't know his name. I just thought he was a tech because he was wearing like a normal, dirty, beat-up shirt. Like just like a yellow highlight shirt, and uh, it was him and one other guy. And the other guy was project manager too. I said, "Yeah." It's like he said, "Are you the one that uh, took us out to lunch and paid for lunch?" And I did. 
with a corporate card, but <laughs> I, but, I, but I did pay for it. More subtle flex. And I was like, yeah. So I said, yeah, that was me. And uh, and he was like, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, well, we'll make room for you. Just don't worry about it. Just call me when you get here. So I pulled in. He was standing outside waiting on us, and he told me to park over by a forklift, like right in the middle of everything. And he he told me I didn't have to leave my keys or anything. And I mean, we were right on the course. I mean, walk. I, yep. I kid you not. Walk past the fence. Yep. And boom, we're on the. We saved probably about fifty to a hundred bucks on parking, and we were parked closer than anybody else was. Yeah. The only thing I think we did miss out on is when you walk in, because I've 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 gone before, but it was a long, long time ago. When you walk in, they have like a whole front entrance area, and in the front entrance area is um it's like the clubhouse. And the clubhouse has a gift shop you can walk in. Oh, see, no, no. And that was I'm, I'm happy we didn't do that because yeah. I already spent enough money at the, yes. name, at the name Pro Shop. Yes. <laughs> and the, the stuff that's in, they don't have any tour championship stuff in there, It's but it's all East Lake Country Club stuff. Okay, now and see. And it's super cool. <laughs> I wanted to get my, so I got my dad a shirt. I know we're kind of going along with this, but eh, whatever. I got my dad a shirt that had like the um the tour championship logo on it yeah because it has the guy swinging the club i saw that shirt that's that was cool it, like it, it was a nice pattern nice yeah, color yeah. and i was like my dad's gonna love this shirt but i wish it, it would have had like eat the east lake um uh name on the side mm-hmm. of the sleeve like the one i got yeah but uh yeah i mean i guess going to the clubhouse and getting that east lake stuff would have been cool i got him some nice uh some uh, bar markers and mm-hmm. a divot fixer you know i think i have an east lake shirt that my girlfriend's dad gave me now that i noticed that y'all were saying that name. I remember seeing that and someone walking me like, dude, what's that shirt? And I was like, I don't know. I just wear it. Big golf guy. You have an yeah. East Lake shirt and you don't even like, a, like even, a polo. Yeah. You don't even covet that thing. Dude. I didn't even know that's what it was. I wanted. that's what I wanted to buy when we went. I wanted to buy like an East Lake golf shirt polo. I didn't even really care about I'll it. Go, I'll go through more championship. But then we were in there. They is. didn't have anything. I didn't think about going to the clubhouse like I did last time. I got a master shirt. See, last too. time I went with a member. So I don't know if I only got to go in because because my mom's best friend's husband is a member, which in my uh which was why my dad gets to play at every Why year. can't we all be with Barfield? Well, I can no. I could probably get us on. Oh, that'd be awesome. It's only like three hundred dollars a piece, but <laughs> Honestly, to, to play on a nice course like that, and you have to tip. The, my dad said it's usually about a six hundred dollar round. <sighs> I don't make enough money because you pay you pay for drinks and then you got to tip the caddy too because you have to play with the caddy, which is also super cool. How about this? That'd be cool. I'll go I'd be cool, I'll, I'll, I'll and I'll be that. the caddy. And you can't do it. You have to have you have it's to have one of their caddies with you. <laughs> and the caddy like helps you out with shots and stuff too. Like, would, he'll, be, he'll be like, "What are you thinking on this one? Like, what, how, what do you hit your eight iron at?" You're like, "Oh, I hit it like one fifty. It's like." Like this is probably gonna play That's like one seventy. Totally worth six hundred. That's what I'm saying. I want to totally play. It. I want to do it so bad at some point. I just got to figure out the connection. If I ever went, y'all would have to take so many videos of the caddy because he'd be ripping his hair out by the end of it. Because I'd just be like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, and he'd be I like, Ian, I'm not gonna take you. I honestly, that is probably the best idea you, you could ever you, have. You are low on the list. If you really want to go, no, I, I, I'm okay with it. it. <laughs> I bet Chad is. I bet your cousin Chad is high on the list, isn't he? Chad's on high on the list. Yeah, because he's because he he's like really good. You're you are also high on the list. I'd probably take nice. you, Chad, and uh, if I had to pick right here, I'm gonna piss some people off. I'd probably take you, Chad. I'd probably take Ryan. Those four, and that, that'd be a good group too. Sorry, Keys. Yeah, I can't believe you wouldn't <laughs> take me. I've only been golfing one time. Maybe Austin. Austin's up there. Hey, too. me, Austin's you, and Austin. Austin's Austin up there too. Austin's Austin, good. I mean, hell, he plays. He see, plays Chad, like once a week. Chad's not even local. Chad's at like Auburn. Three. So he, he'd yeah, probably be there. You go. Up. That's our fourth. That's our fourth. We got Austin too. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Golf. Ewan, Ewan, you're also you're on the list as well. Ewan. <laughs> Golf's one of those things that I've really realized I'm getting older when I can sit down and watch it. And I've actually kind of been like, you know what? I would like to go to some golf things just to watch and kind of like, 
I don't know, just be in the atmosphere. Golf is something that I'm very surprised I got into as early as me I too. Because I like I didn't play when I was younger, and I know we're talking about this for a really long time, but I uh, I started playing. I guess it was summer going into my freshman year of high school, and I was super into it in high school, and I kind of got out of it once I um, I made the tennis team my freshman year, and whatever. That's not even important. Last anymore. comment I'll make: I was so good at golf in school that I was the only kid in middle school to not make the team. Well, you know what. Golf is great. <laughs> not make the team. You're the only kid. It was the only kid to not make the all team. Right. Well, yeah, that's actually okay, really interesting. So, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So yeah. let's let's go ahead and talk about this week zero game. Lando does not <laughs> so like stupid. week zero. So it's, it's such a dumb concept of, of week zero, but whatever. <laughs> Nebraska played. Scott only Frost. I, I'm surprised Scott Frost even flew back with the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, they look. So let, let, let's let's be honest. Nebraska looked good. The first what? First half. half? Their passing game looked great. Passing game looked good. Yeah, they had a couple drop passes. We, well, hey, we talked about that as well. Anything is better than uh, yeah. the guy I left from last year. Uh, Adrian Martinez, man, he could He's not bad. throw the ball. So this, could, you know, and it's really sad because they actually had some really good receivers on the team when Adrian Martinez was there, and they still have good receivers. They actually they did pretty well. I think um, I can't remember the name of the guy who had two drops. I think it was, uh, number, was it number seven, three. Number three. Yeah, I think it was number three. Number three. Because I remember uh, we were watching it and I was like, man, how, how yep. did he drop that? I was going to say, on. it was the guy that you were, that when we were sitting there watching at my yeah. place after the tour championship. And, uh, but, but their offense looked good. I mean, the run game looked really bad in the first half. And the second half, it started to look better, but it still didn't look great. I think that's, that's kind of my main thing with that offense. Their defense, God, they didn't play well. Well, and it's, you're playing against Northwestern, okay, who, their offense isn't high powered. It's just, it's just blah. It's, yeah, it's not a lot of flash, man. They're just gonna just go out there and play football. But they're well, they're well coached. They're well coached. Yeah. But I mean, heck, I mean, it's 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 Northwestern. Nebraska is gonna get the better talent. So, you know, why is Nebraska just falling <laughs> on it? I don't. I'm I'm not understanding. Hey, I will say this, and I think Chad actually said it last week. Um, and I, I went back when I listened to the episode and I heard it. I didn't hear it when he actually said it. Nebraska, or not Nebraska, Northwestern is good every even year. If you look at every year since Pat Fitzgerald's been there, every other year they go like six and six or five and seven. And then the next year they go eight and four or nine and three. Every like you can look back from the beginning of his career, literally every single year. And it's true. I mean, look, 2020. They won the Big Ten West. 2018, I think they got second in the Big Ten West. They were like nine and three that year. Wow. Or nine and four after winning the bowl game. Like, so I everybody's hating on Nebraska. A lot of people are hating on Scott Frost because of the um I mean up by eleven on. onside kick. Like that was so That's stupid. So stupid. He, he's doing dumb stuff. Yes. He, he has proven to be a really bad end game coach. Yeah, he's just he's, just an idiot. He's been an okay. idiot. He's been an idiot. But I think we also should take into account that maybe Northwestern is actually pretty good this year. I don't think they're going to be a top 10 team. I don't think they're going to be a top 15 team. But I will say, going back and watching that game, and granted, it's the it's the first bigger college football game we've seen this year. It's really the only bigger college football game we've seen this year. So we haven't you know had our eyes on some other teams yet. But I thought Northwestern and Nebraska both looked pretty good. It was a good game. There were some there were some things, especially with Nebraska, that I felt like they could have done better. And I think everybody could say that. And I think Scott Frost could have done a much better job with his in-game coaching. And I mean, I think he's been the same way since he's been there. But um I do think I think both those teams are gonna improve upon what they did last season Nebraska, by the end of the year. Nebraska was the first team ever to lose seven games in a row by one score or less. Yep. 
I am, which which I'm, baffles me, which really goes into the whole he's just not good at closing games. Because mm-hmm. if you're losing seven games in a row by seven points or less, l- basically, if you could just learn how to close a game out, your whole team dynamic is completely different. And he's different. three and ten in games in the last two years, three and ten in games decided by ten points or less. And see, that is insane. I don't get how you keep it, how you rally your team so much to keep it close, no matter who it is. Yet you just can't finish mm. it because one of those teams is Ohio State. They yep. were pretty good. Yep, they lost by one nine score to Ohio State. To Ohio State, two scores. Yes. Well, yeah, nine points, less than ten. Less than ten. It was like twenty six to. Yeah, twenty six to, to 17. seventeen. Yeah, but that's just insane. Like, when do you start learning like something that you can do at the end of games just to help your give yourself a better chance? Because all you're doing is just like getting to the end of it. And that's got to be exhausting for football players to constantly Mm. lose by one score over and over and over. Like, I don't, I mean, the morale to keep constantly doing that. I mean, props to him to keep managing to do it, but I I don't get how they do it. I'm not giving no props to Scott Frost. Not Scott Frost, the players. The play. I mean, this is is what is his fourth year. So, so So the players that were on the team four years ago, they're now seniors, right? Yeah. So... I mean, it's time. It's time for him oh. to go and get the boot. It's his um mm-hmm. this is fourth year. It's his fifth year. He started the same year that Dan Mullen started at Florida. Because I, I remember that because Florida wanted Scott Frost and didn't get him. Oh. And they got Dan oh, Mullen. So this, they would have, for this this would have been Dan Mullen's fifth year this season. So this is Scott Frost's fifth year at Nebraska. It's time for this dude to go. Yeah. I, I think you give him I think you give him until he loses six games this year. And then mm-hmm. you fire him. If he can Six go games. if he can go seven to five this year after going three and nine last year, he's at least showing improvement yeah. in my opinion. That's, I mean, that's such a uh, give him the chance. That bar is so give him a but, damn but chance. See, here's the thing: <laughs> who are you going to hire though? If, say if they fired him immediately, who are you going to hire for to take his place? I don't know a coach besides better than Scott Frost that would be on the market right now or would be thinking about you know coming up from group of five. There's no Billy Napier or anybody like that. Maybe Matt Campbell. From Iowa State, I think that's the only one I've seen thrown around. But Matt Campbell didn't leave for Michigan. They, I think, they wanted him for Michigan. And then, um, nah, maybe it's just because they wouldn't fire Harbaugh. I don't know. Yeah. But there were, I mean, there were schools that Matt Seven Campbell had his five. name thrown around, and he's still at that's, Iowa State. That is so mediocre. That, Seven and five. That's I'm, mediocre. But Nebraska's mediocre. been really bad. They haven't made a bowl game since he's been there. Do y'all know how much longer his contract's got? Uh, it's it's got to be coming up. I was about to say they honestly, if no, I think this is his last game, year. To be honest, okay. If there's no coach bowl games coming up, been there, it says a lot. Yes, I mean if there's no coaches fired. coming, but up, I don't blame him. Just waiting. In. It's a it's a culture. He has to reinstill the culture in Nebraska. I know Bo Pelini. You've, had, Bo five, you've had five years to do to, to reinstill yes. your culture. Yes, I agree. Some 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 coaches. Okay, Kirby Smart, for example. Yes. How long did it take Kirby Smart to put in his culture at Georgia? Two years Thank and a culture you. that was already pretty good, though. Thank you. So it's like Granted. like like a good coach is going to put in his culture, not in seven years. It's going to be at least at, at the very least three years in mm-hmm. that culture is going to be set. In. That's a, that's how I feel now. too. But you got to think like, I mean, think about teams besides like the Oklahomas, the Georgias. I know Nebraska is is a blue blood program, but they're not sitting in geographically the area where you could just walk next door and pick up a five-star high school kid. It's also kind of hard not to in Nebraska. Vince a kid to be like, hey, come to Nebraska. It's tough right now. It's tough to it's tough to get into the kids' minds I of excuses. the new age. It's excuses, I agree. You're right. But it's not 
Like Oklahoma, Oklahoma's right by Texas. You can walk into Texas and you can recruit those kids. And there's enough kids in Texas to go to Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M. It's like Florida. There's plenty of them. And it's just Georgia's in right in the background of Florida. Georgia is probably top three in high school recruiting. Texas isn't far. Not that Georgia gets that many guys from Texas, but you know what I mean? Like geographically, Georgia is in a better area. Bama's in a better area. Oklahoma, Texas, they're in better areas. USC's in a better area. It's hard for Nebraska to walk in and steal kids like that when you haven't been doing that in the last 20 years. It's also hard to do that when you're not winning football games. Exactly. And that's the thing, too. But like Bo Pelini couldn't do it either, and he was winning 10 games. I mean, Nebraska, I mean... There were a couple of Nebraska teams that were that were really good, yeah. But um, but yeah, you're. Right. I mean, I don't know. He Nebraska really hasn't been good since true Smash Mouth. I do not. Ago. I do not think Scott Frost is the guy. I'm with you on that. I don't think he's going to be the guy to get them back to where Nebraska should be in the college football realm. But it's time to go. I think Scott Frost is a guy you keep around until you know you have a guy that's going to be better. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, especially if it's, it's like it, honestly, I think it's like Mark Rick for Georgia, and I, I know I'm a Georgia fan, so it's kind of mm-hmm. my eye on it. Mark Rick, That's, like Mark Rick's a great coach. That is so disrespectful. It is, it is, it is. That is, that is look, so disrespectful to, to look, Mark Rick. I love Mark Rick. Mark Rick was <laughs> awesome for Georgia. That's so disrespectful. In Mark Rick's first eight years at Georgia, we actually had a chance to win a national championship the entire time I was there. Yeah, the, his last what five, six, seven, seven years, you you knew Georgia was going to win a national championship. 2012 was the only year that Georgia had a chance to win a national championship mm-hmm. and was one play away from doing it. Of course. I remember watching that. It sucked. But Mark <laughs> Rick was the guy that you were like, all right, we can live with 2013. We can live with 2014. We can live with winning nine games a year and a bad conference and then getting beat up by Alabama and Florida. Whatever. We can keep doing it. We can keep doing it. Until you get a guy like Kirby Smart that's like, all right, I'm done being a defense coordinator. I'm going to go to South Carolina unless you fire Mark Rick. All right, then let's bring detour. Kirby Smart on here. Um, kind of talking about Mark Rick. This is a small detour. They had him talk in Douglasville a couple weeks back, and I went to go listen to him talk. And it was funny because he was saying, he's like, yeah, I knew it was the beginning of the end when I lost to Georgia Tech. <laughs> he said, that's when I knew it was we were getting to the end of this when road. Georgia Tech, uh, 2014? Yeah. Seven years or so. That's true. And then Kirby yeah. lost to Tech his first year. <laughs> Oh, That's man. the only time I think Tech will beat us two years in a row in a very long time. <laughs> All right. What do you guys want to talk about? Let's want to talk about the, I don't know, the South Carolina Retina and Clowney. We don't have to talk about yeah, that. Let's, 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 let's go to the QB battles here. Cause, I mean, okay, so th- this one's interesting, right? Uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh and his dumb, dumb ass. <laughs> <laughs> I agree uh, with that statement very much. So he's going to start Cade McNamara for week one and then McCarthy for week two. I've, that is the that, that that is the dumbest crap. Came out and said that. Yes. 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 Oh, that's the dumbest. Yeah, thing because he decided he couldn't he couldn't pick a QB. Honestly, I think the only reason he's doing it is because he doesn't want JJ McCarthy to be like, all right, or either one of them to be like, all right, screw you. If I'm not going to be the starter, I'm going to go ahead and try and jump on another football team. But that's so that, that that logic. First of all, it it never works in any type of football. You don't. It no. doesn't work in pro. Doesn't I, work no. in college. Like You're having two quarterbacks in anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like it because. Those two guys can't get a good feel for the team. They can't mesh with the receivers. The receivers can't mesh with the quarterback. Oh, this guy does one thing a certain way, but this guy does something a totally different way. He calls plays differently. 
he he thinks differently. So this is just bad for the team in general. I think it's really bad for the culture too. Because I mean, like quarterbacks are such a staple point of your team. Like look at Georgia. Like everything was kind of boiling a little bit with the whole quarterback situation. Thank God we finally got that figured out. But you're literally starting the season. What if these both of these guys basically do exactly the same in both their games? I mean, they're not playing great competition. You're not really getting a, I guess, a true sample size of it. And you go into it and you put one in there and then you decide to go with one. Well, what happens if you feel like half your team was thinking this guy was better and half your team was thinking that guy was better? You just kind of put your team in a really weird situation where it's kind of hard to have the full team get behind one guy. Well, I think and that's the reason, like what you said, with they're not really playing tough competition. I think that's the reason he's doing this because their first two games are Colorado state and Hawaii, both at home. Yeah. So, and Hawaii just got blitzed by Vanderbilt. <laughs> so like, obviously you're not going to lose these games. You could, you could, who would you start? Wreck. Who would you I start? I would start JJ McCarthy. Who would you start? I think, uh, McNamara. It depends, McNamara. On, it depends on how they look though. Like based off of last year, I thought Cade McNamara looked better than McCarthy. I do too. But yeah. McCarthy yeah, coming yeah. out of high school, you can tell he has the potential to be, a like first round pick quarterback down the road. Yeah, he's got the wheels. He's got a really strong arm. If he's got the potential to be the guy for, them. are these guys in the same class, or is one older than the other? I think McNamara is like McNamara is a red shirt junior, red shirt junior, and then and, McCarthy and, uh, is what? McCarthy's sophomore. a sophomore. So why don't you damn start McNamara, and then when because he when he leaves, you have McCarthy. McCarthy's gonna leave. That's why. Well, screw him. Exactly. If you if you also you want a little else. bit of my opinion, I think. He's a very big coach on, likes to go into fanfare of stuff, and their fans are very split between who plays. And I think he's also just trying to make the fans happy because I feel like th- he does that a lot. He's always trying to like kind of get a little bit of that spotlight to get the fans to back him up. Well, and he did it last year too, though. He played both quarterbacks. Yeah, the and I thought it was so, yeah, I mean, he, he did it in the Georgia game, and he I was thinking, he what did are it you against doing? Georgia too, like Cade, Mac- Cade McNamara, or no, who was it? It was Michigan State where he really screwed them. Because they were up big, and he had Cade McNamara in there. Cade was playing really well. Yep. Like, did super well. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, kill the stat sheet. He's, kinda, he's honestly kind of like a Stetson Bennett. Yeah. He's going to throw a couple short passes. He's going to take advantage of his uh, his talent at receiver and at running back. And they have a ton, ton, and ton, and ton of talent at the skill positions this year. Um, and he would do really, really well against Michigan State. And then they'd pull him and put McCarthy in there and run like a run play and then let him throw a deep pass. And then they put McCarthy in in the next drive and their offense would completely stifle. Like they couldn't, they couldn't get the I ball think going. both of those guys play quarterbacks so drastically different mm-hmm. that that's what causes the problem is you're switching almost your offense up. You got McNamara, who's kind of more of like the offensive general. He's going to. Short here, like you said, short here, short there, but he's not going to make the mistakes. Mm-hmm. You got McCarthy, though, who's got the big playability, and everybody wants to see the big play. So, but when you're trying to play those two com- basically completely different types of offense, it causes all these problems and you're confusing people. Yep. And it's hard, like I said earlier, it's hard for you to get behind a guy when the guy behind you is constantly changing. You know what it kind of reminds me of, though? And you might, you might think this is funny. It kind of reminds me of when Tom Brady was there at Michigan and he had. Uh, who was it that was pushing him from behind? Was it, it wasn't Chad Henney, was it? Yeah, it, it totally was Chad Henney. It was Chad Henney. <laughs> was, Chad uh, Henney was the five star, Tom Brady and Chad Henney, strong arm, athletic quarterback, that. and Tom Brady was the like wasn't a big recruit. They just kind of picked him up, and he ended up with the starting position. Was it Chad he was Henney? Him game? I don't know. I'm if trying it to was think. I, I think no. Chad Henney was was way later. I want to say a couple years later. One of the greasies. One of the greasies was in front of him. I feel like <sighs> I don't think they were behind him. That's a good. Uh, 
man, that's a good question. I, I, I can't I, remember who it was. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think it was Chad. Any. I think Chad. Hayes I've was seen the later. Brady Six like six times, which is really funny because that's <laughs> six. But um, he, um, but that that's kind of what it feels like to me, yeah. which is really funny. But I don't think. I mean, not that I think Cade McNamara is going to be Tom Brady, but Never it's kind of similar to that situation. It's a guy that's he's a good game manager. He he's winning games for them. I mean. He, he was the starting quarterback and the main quarterback for an entire season where they won the Big Ten, they beat Ohio State for the first time with Jim Harbaugh, and they made the playoffs. Even though they got killed by Georgia, even though they pulled McNamara very, very early in the game as well, thinking that J.J. McCarthy would provide a spark. But You know what's funny? It's also kind of like, I really hate to say this. This makes me really hurt saying this. It's kind of like the Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. We, I mean, we put Justin Fields in randomly, like every so often. I don't agree to with do that. weird well, run plays with the quarterback. I but everybody knew it was that. coming. That was just to try to keep him on. The I think, yeah, that, but that, same thing here. Uh, I don't know. I think they take it to the next level. I don't it was know. never like th- that. Was never like a contender for the starting spot that year. They weren't going to. start. Yeah, they, they, they weren't. They weren't going to start Justin. JJ McCarthy had a serious. Yeah, like if 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 J- if Cade McNamara had a game like Jake Fromm did against LSU last year, True. they would have pulled. J.J. McCarthy would have started yeah. for Michigan for the rest of the year. That's fair. But Kirby wasn't going to do that for Georgia. And I don't want to talk about this this long because we've talked about this for so many times. <laughs> yeah, we got T.J. Finley to talk about next exactly. at Auburn. But the um, – what were we talking about? What was I saying? Um, oh, my God. Uh, Kirby wasn't going to pull Jake Fromm because Jake Fromm took him to a national championship. Yeah. Before, or was Rode, the starting quarterback. Rode that goat. See what happens when you have Georgia fans on the on the podcast. Oh, come on. Look, I'm doing my best. He's killing me. Be my best Every, to be a Georgia Southern fan. Everything goes back to Georgia. All right. TJ Finley is starting for Auburn. What do you guys think? About so that? when TJ Finley played against Georgia last year, I really didn't. TJ <laughs> <laughs> Finley, I, I can't stand TJ Finley. I think he's terrible. I think yeah, he has already. potential. I think he's got a lot of potential to be really good. He's got the body type. He's a really tall receiver like Cam Newton was. He really doesn't have the wheels, but he's got a strong arm. Uh, he, I mean, he was he was a starting quarterback last year when they almost beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the score of that game and you actually watch that game, there had nothing to do with the offense. Their offense I will say this one thing. T.J. Finley was the reason Auburn lost a lot of games last year. Or I won't say lost a lot of games, didn't win yeah. a lot of games. They... If if they had better quarterback play in that Alabama game, they beat Alabama. Absolutely. If if Bo Nix didn't get hurt, they beat Alabama. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So Bo Nix, look, Bo Nix wasn't a great quarterback. He never lived up to that just five enough. star potential. He was just good enough. He was just good enough. I completely agree. Everybody kills Brian Harson for how they were last year, and I do too. I mean, I think they could have been better, but that team went from a nine and three team or an eight and four team at the very least. To a, I think what they go six and six or seven and five. I or, think it was. I think it was six and six. Yeah. They went six and six and six and seven because they lost to Houston, and um, and it was because T.J. Finley was a starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Didn't Auburn get some transfers quarterbacks in? Yeah, they got Zach, Zach Calzada. Calzada. They sure did. Zach Calzada and another guy, right? Zach Calzada. I don't know. Um, that was it. I think that's their only transfer, but they had a freshman come in that's supposed to be really. Six and sevens. What they? I just yeah, think because they lost to Houston. I just yeah. think that says a lot about. Those two and, guys yeah. and, and how and yeah. how and how bad they are. Yes. And Zach Calzada was, you know, he was the starting he quarterback for, for Texas A&M last yeah, year. Who was mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. He was bad. The only good game he played in Alabama. was Alabama and he played out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And he played really well in that game. But, I mean, when he was coming to Auburn though, it was really talked about like he was gonna be the guy. And it makes you kind of wonder it's lost. like lost. Yeah, yeah. What did you what did he do that lost it when he was supposed to be the guy coming in? Yep. I mean, to TJ Finley, nonetheless, like you I don't, said. I don't know. I honestly think they just brought him in just as competition for TJ Finley. I think TJ Finley is going to be the guy no matter what mm-hmm. because Bo Nix left. Bo Nix would have been the guy if he stayed. I see that. But I heard from 
I've heard from people closer to the Auburn program that the freshman they have in there, whose name I do not know, is supposed to be really good. Like apparently he's looked better than everybody in fall camp. And everybody thinks by the end of the season, he's going to be the starting quarterback. I don't know anything really? about it. It sounds like a Anthony Richardson yeah, Anthony situation Richardson. with Florida last year. I hate hearing that. Who, he, I mean, he could be really good this year. I, I didn't really see a lot from him last year, but um, I mean, I know. So he, he's an upcoming freshman? Uh, no, he's a freshman. He, he's here this year. Okay. So he's their up- third string quarterback right now. Okay. So in up, like as in this coming season, he's a freshman. Yes. Okay. Sure. Upcoming freshman to me would be next year, but. Oh, okay. I get what and you're he's, yes, he's a freshman this year. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, not a surprise. Yep, he won the job against Texas. Mm-hmm. Actually, to me, it kind of was a surprise. Why? Because reading all the stuff on social media, everybody was saying that Hudson Card was yep. looking way better. Steve Sarkeesian, I think, even said something to the media about Hudson Card looking better than Quinn Ewers, and Ewers had like a long way to go or something. Yep. So you know who actually announced who the starting quarterback for Texas would be, right? It, it, it wasn't Steve Sarkeesian. I was going to say. I probably it, 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 was one, it was one of the, I think it was the AD, the athletic director that actually announced it. Really? So, and so it goes to show you what kind of what kind of dumpster fire. That's what a lot of people are saying, though. <laughs> Everybody's saying the boosters came to Steve Sarkeesian. They're yeah. like, look, I don't, we don't care who you think the best quarterback is. We want Quinn Ewers because he's going to put people in seats. And because he's going to be more exciting, and we think he has more potential, and we think he's going to be better. Oh, I we don't care what you I think. Fully you agree with that. Do you know what the biggest problem with Texas is? Texas. It is the people who <laughs> push in all that money mm-hmm. to the university. The boosters are the biggest problem. Yes. that's why they will. I feel and, like that's until, half of Auburn's problem. Until they can control the boosters, it is always going to be a coaching carousel. Yep. at Texas, it's an uphill yep. battle nowadays. With yeah, money. Yep. Yep. I mean, like, honestly, it was really weird because all the Hudson card stuff was coming out. Everybody was talking about how good he looked, but it was like trickled out for a while. And then it really kind of hit a point where it was becoming really popular, where everybody was saying it was going to be Hudson card. And then the next, when the next day, when the AD said, Oh, it's going to be Quinn Ewers, I was really kind of suspicious of that whole situation when that was talked about like that. Because I was like, That's, you know, how come through this whole offseason this guy's been mentioned, but the second it gets any kind of media spotlight, the, the AD of all people has to say things? I thought – I really truly thought it was kind of money. I think that's why it happened because, I mean, he's being after all this NIL money and people want to see him play. So I really think that was a lot of it too. Uh, yeah, and I'll say this too. He um, – this is all – we're just hearing stuff. Yeah, I, I, if you go and actually look at the tape, like watch Quinn Ewers with his high school tape. Watch uh, if you watch both of their tape in the spring game, which obviously doesn't mean anything. You never know, but Quinn Ewers looks like the better quarterback to me. Yeah, at least on you know on screen. But I mean, who knows? I mean, he might come in. He might win a Heisman. Who knows? Uh, Kid, I am I am lower on Texas than most other people, but. So. Uh, we'll All see right. what happens. Haynes King. Who the hell's Haynes King? Haynes King was the starting quarterback for Texas last year. Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M. And he got hurt two games in. Oh, yep. what are you going to break his leg, right? Yep. He was the one that barely beat Colorado. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. And he's going to be the starting quarterback, which to me, actually, it makes me think Texas A&M is definitely going to be worse than I think they're going to be. I honestly was super surprised it was Haynes King. I thought it was going to be Connor Wagnon. Oh, I didn't know that's at all. their. New- I thought it was going to be Max Johnson. Max Johnson. Okay, that's Max a, Johnson's that's not guy. that Max bad. Max Johnson is horrible. Max Johnson's <laughs> not that bad. He did not play well in that Alabama he's game. He's the same. He, he's just he, to me. He's just like T.J. Finley. The, LSU didn't win a lot of games last year because of Max Johnson. 
Ah, see, I disagree with that. What? I think he's actually oh, pretty come decent. On. Now, I don't think, look, I don't think he's like a, he's not an LSU or Texas A&M level quarterback where he should be your starting quarterback and you're going to win a national championship. But to me, he's, you know, he's a game manager type guy. Yeah. He's athletics. He's pretty, not, he's not a great runner, but he's not a bad runner. And when he had Kayshawn Butte and all the other guys he had at LSU before everybody just decided they were going to sit out the year mm-hmm. once they knew Ogeron was going to get fired, he actually looked pretty good to start the year last year. Say, he, he and then once everybody good. took off, he he took a big down spell. That yeah. Alabama game, he played really bad. It's like watching deer in the headlights with that guy. <laughs> yes. You're you're speaking on the Alabama game. No, I'm remember, speaking, I'm speaking on the entire season. I son. remember you talking about him in the Alabama game saying he looked like a deer in headlights, <laughs> like word for word. And I knew that's what you were you were thinking of. He God, played dude. like crap in that game. I totally remember that. But he, the rest of the season, when he played against AM, when he played against Ole Miss, when he played early on in the season against Florida, he looked fine. And so did the run game too, which is very interesting to me. So I think I, I'm a you know, I'm a big fan of LSU, even though they did lose Max Johnson. I'm a big fan of Max Johnson as well. I thought he'd take over for AM and uh they have tons of weapons too. So we'll we'll see what Haynes King does. Speaking of LSU, I'm pretty excited to see how uh Jaden Davis does. That's his name, right? Their guy that the quarterback that came in from Arizona State. Yeah, um yeah, Jaden Davis. I'm yeah. actually pretty or Jaden um excited to see how he does. No, not Davis. Shoot. I don't think it's Davis. Oh wow. Wow, I just blinked. Well, whatever it is, yeah, him. I'm pretty excited to see how he does because I mean, he. I feel like he's come into a good position to fit Daniels, Jalen. Yeah, Jaden uh, Daniels. Daniels. I feel like he's come into a pretty good situation for his skill set because I will never forget watching him play against Oregon. I think was it two years ago when he was a true freshman. Yeah, he was making some absolutely beautiful. Oh, he's a stud. He's got a cannon. He's a stud. The first year of um, oh my God, what's her Herm Edwards tenure there? Yes, when. Arizona State actually had a pretty good season. I think they went nine mm-hmm. and three. He had a really good year. I mean, he was yeah. a five star freshman coming out. He was a guy that not a lot of people thought would go to Arizona State. He ended mm-hmm. up going there because of Herm Ed- Edwards, and he uh, uh, he did really well until they started losing the talent. Mm-hmm. They started losing belief, and, and Herm Edwards as a coach, he had all that allegations and some stuff that he, came out. Of he that. was one transfer where I actually got pretty excited. I think how he was going to. I think him coming over to LSU, especially now that Miles Brennan retired mm-hmm. from football, mm-hmm. was huge for them. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy and as long as he lives up to the potential I think he'll live up to, I think LSU will have a good year. I feel like that's going to, with Brian Kelly getting, I know this is going to probably sound a little weird, but I think Brian Kelly getting a transfer quarterback in to start with, Mm -hmm. I think that's just going to help him starting better because he's not having to come in and have a guy who's kind of used to this team of Coach O for years. He kind of almost gets to bring in a new guy and kind of, mesh with him too yep. as it goes like they're both getting the start there so i feel like that's kind of gonna help brian kelly in the long run yep i'm with you dude i'm with you but yeah we got some week one games to talk about we'll talk to those later on once we get to the picks for now let's go ahead and jump into the pour one out cut them off segment ian since you're our honorary guest taking matt's spot today yep. how about you go first what you got for us i am going to pour one out for just college football fans in general it's soup i mean we get to have football college football for the next four months this is absolutely so exciting you know we get to finally look forward to something on saturdays again i can't wait to go to some tailgates i'm absolutely beyond excited for college football starting this week i know we had week zero last weekend but i mean it's just not the same as when college game day starts i mean it's just from here on out, I get to be happy about my Saturdays. I get something to look forward to now. I feel like before this, like I, it genuinely was just a countdown for me because I'm so 
just like my hobby is college football. I feel like at this point, just all the way I look into it with recruiting and stuff like that. And I am just absolutely excited to see these transfers coming in, how they're doing at these schools. You know, it's been a whole off season of talking. You've had a lot of coaching carousel, carousel, uh, however you say that word. And it's just, <laughs> Yeah, and it's just an ex- this is going to be a really exciting season. I feel like just with all the craziness that happened in the offseason, you had the drama between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. You had all these quarterbacks going to all these different places like JT Daniels to West Virginia, like we've talked about Calzada to Auburn and all these different people and all these different things. And I just think this is going to be a very interesting season because it has a lot of storylines to follow. Almost, It's almost like a book the way it's been written with all the crazy stuff going on. True. But if I'm going to cut one off, ironically, the other half of college football, I'm going to cut off the NCAA because of their new targeting rule that they have established And the part that I am going to read that it says is, you know, their article 14, a defenseless player in passing. A defenseless player is one who, because of their physical position and focus of concentration, is especially vulnerable to injury. When in question, a player is defenseless. Examples of a defenseless player include, but are not limited to, A, a player in the act of or just after throwing a pass. This includes a player in a passing posture with focus downfield. So are you just supposed to never sack the quarterback if he's not looking at you? Just always pump fake, I guess. Yeah, just just constantly pump fake, and if they hit you, it's a flag on them. I think that it's just so stupid. Like, I mean, what are these kids supposed to do at this point when it comes to sacking the quarterback? Are they just supposed to just like kind of, oh, hey, buddy, just – push at him and like, see what uh, happens. Kevin, Kevin Hart's segment on uh, ESPN that one time. Yes. <laughs> they lay him down, read him a story. Yeah. Too tough, too tough. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a flag. I mean, it's, I'm really kind of curious to see how that rule plays out during the season because the way it's written, it really just looks like, okay, if this guy's looking over here and he gets clotheslined in the chest, that, that sounds like that's going to be a roughing the passer, which to me is pitiful for the game of football. Ian, it's cut them off. Cut them off. I'm going to cut them. It up cut one off doesn't make any sense. Cut. I'm going to cut them I think, I as in the NCAA. Last week too. Some it's actually, cut them off. It's cut. It's cut. cut yeah. Cut them. Cut them off. Cut them. Cut them off. Ian's cut them. It's like it's like being at a bar. It's like cut being em. at a bar and cutting off somebody because he's had too much to drink. Ah. There you go. That's, you, know, that's you never got clever, that? That's the cleverness. I, I just now got that. I give oh you that. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm a very truthful man. What does man. cut one off mean? Cut one off as in like, like it's like just smart like, or something. <laughs> I mean, as in like you have it hanging and it's like you're hanging by a thread and you were on your last you leg and then we cut you off. Week. And you're on strike two right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's near the end, you know. <laughs> Lando, what you got for us, man? Uh, I'm going to pour one out for Harold Varner, Harold Varner the Third. Did I see his name right? Yeah, you did. Okay, the golfer. Yeah, the yeah. golfer. Uh, he announced he's going to LIV, and uh, in his statement. I, I I'm I'm pouring one out for him because I just really like his statement and he came out and said exactly why he's doing it. It's for the money. And he didn't try to give us any BS. I like that. It was it was no like beating around the bush. He mm. said, I'm going here because it gives me the best opportunity to provide for my family and for the future uh, of, of my kids. So this is why I'm going to L I V and I really I appreciate that. And honestly for him, I think that's a good move. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate the honesty. He wasn't the guy that was winning on the PGA anyway. Like no, he's, yeah. he's a good player. He was he's getting a, close. He's a, he, he, was. he was getting close. He was. Last year he had a couple of really good tournaments yeah. though. But like I don't has he I don't think he's won a PGA tournament. No, he's won a PGA tournament, but but he's he's gotten really yeah. close. So he'll, yeah I'm pulling a much better chance on the L I V. 
Pour one out for Harold Varner III, and then I'm going to cut off ESPN for still having Lee Corso on <laughs> poor college game poor day. Man. <laughs> God, um, it's getting so bad. Oh, that's a good one. I watched like so there was a segment and it was like 25 seconds of Lee Corso talking about I don't know the SEC or yeah. Georgia. It, it's 25 seconds worth, and I kid you not, I I about had a stroke just trying to <laughs> understand uh, of what he's trying to say. I, He's old. I understand it's tradition to have Lee Corso on there. People are going to get mad that I'm saying this, but it's time for him to get off the damn show and put somebody else on there. So that way I can understand him and not <laughs> have a stroke at 10 a.m. in the morning. So ESPN, I'm cutting you off because you need to get rid of Lee Corso. Do you have an idea of who you'd replace him with? Put put David Pollock in there. Yeah, just keep Derek, okay. David Pollock or Pat McAfee. I, I've uh, heard Pat McAfee God, would be pretty cool. I've heard Pat McAfee. I, I want, I want, I like David Pollock because he actually gives like well, good analysis. You just he use, does. you use David Pollock. Yeah, that's, see, that's what I think too. That's what like I like right now with Corso. I'm okay with having him on there, but only have him on for the headgear. I was about to say, just have him run out. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't have him, don't have him actually give college football takes because like, he doesn't even yeah. watch it anymore. There's I want no like, I, like sometimes I want actual football analysis. Yeah, not just and David Pollock does a really good job. Of that like I, sometimes I get tired of gimmicky stuff. Mm -hmm. Football analysis is what I'm looking for. So. I think David Pollock, now granted, he played at Georgia, so I know I'm, I'm a little bit biased. Mm -hmm. I think David Pollock's the best one on there besides Herb Street. Analysis. Oh, uh, I actually I, I actually completely agree. Because yeah. because uh, Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard. Awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That guy's an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. idiot. So, uh, um, yeah. Wait, what are you, oh what, my what are you doing this And week? you know what? That actually leads into my cut him off. I'm going to cut off Desmond Howard because Desmond Howard, when they were giving his – uh, college football playoff so picks. bad. He had Texas A&M, number one. He had Michigan, number two. He had, oh man, who was it? He had Baylor, number three, playing Michigan. And then he had Pittsburgh playing uh, Texas A&M as the number four seed. And he had A&M beating Michigan in the national championship. You know what I feel like that was? They... I feel like they told them, all right, one of you has to have a super outlander. No, no, they didn't. Yeah, no, I guarantee I, you. I, I, I agree with Ian on that. There, there, and then there he just no drew way. the short straw. No, no way he actually doesn't, thinks doesn't that. Howard always does that crap, though. He always does that. He doesn't, but he doesn't, he does it completely on purpose. But yeah, like he always picks Michigan. He always goes with Michigan on everything. I don't, I've never seen him not pick Michigan. And he and played there. He so played I get there. It. So, you, you know. Yeah, but as a, as a, on ESPN, you can't be a biased. You can't be like biased. That. Uh, sometimes you can. Like Pollock, Pollock used to be really bad with you. Rivalry guys. week, I think you Rivalry have a pass week? to okay. be biased. Yes, I yes. agree. With that. If I played at Michigan, I would never pick Michigan, or I would never pick Ohio State to beat Michigan yeah. ever, and that's okay. But you that's you can't pick Michigan to win the national championship or be in the national championship every single. It's fair enough. Okay, that's yeah. fair enough. You got to you got to be. There's difference between loving the team you played for and like still showing that as yep. a personality and just being downright biased as crap. I'm gonna be honest. I looked at most of it and I was like all right if these all these things go right I could see these and then it just got in a pit and I went what what where did this come I could see I could see the other three but I couldn't see them all three together that I will say that, no I couldn't way. see them all together but I was really like you know I could see some of these it was just like I said it was just pit where I was like fully like I'm not even, even pit I mean pit I could see it but it would be a long, That's long, a long, long shot. shot. I could see it. I mean, they got a good coach. Keaton Slovis is coming in. Uh, granted, they lose their best wide receiver. They lose their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, in the first round of the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't – I mean, there's nothing on that team that really excites me anymore. So, I don't see it. But either their way. uniforms, though. Coming off Desmond Howard, pouring one out for um, the U.S. Open and Serena Williams. Uh, Lando was in here, actually. He I'm, might still be watching I'm, I'm still Serena watching Williams. it right now. <laughs> she is. I'm about to say – 
I know she won the first set. I think she's down the she's second set. Se- it's the second set. She's down the three games to one. Three games to one. Okay, so she won one. So she was down 3-0. This is Serena Williams' last major championship. Uh, and probably will, not, hopefully not tonight, but at some point this this tournament will be the last time uh, she steps on a tennis court, according to her. We'll see if she comes back from retirement or not. But either way, she's had an unbelievable career. And uh, I'm actually, and I'm glad Lando's excited about it too. I'm actually excited about her plan. I've been watching her matches, and uh, I've been watching all the U.S. Open matches. I'm a big tennis fan. I play tennis for about, really, I mean, I guess I still play, so I guess 25 years. But, I mean, I said, well, I guess not 25. I started playing when <laughs> I was like. out of the womb. Well, I started playing when I was like three, so I've been playing for a long time. I did Munchkins when I was three, so. Big tennis guy. Um, I think this year, more than any other year, is the perfect year for an American to win the U.S. Open. We got no Djokovic. You got no Nadal, or no, you do have Nadal, but Nadal's playing hurt, and you got no Federer. The top contender to win the U.S. Open this year is Medvedev, who is the number one player in the world right now, but he's not unbeatable. Granted, the number one American just got put out in the first round by another American, and this guy wasn't even ranked. It was his first time ever in the tournament, and the number one American, Taylor Fritz, was top 10. He was the number 10 player. He almost beat Nadal. He took him to five sets in Wimbledon uh, to go to the finals. Uh, or no, the semis right before Nadal dropped out, which was super annoying. But um, there's a lot of other good players: Brooksby, Tiafo. Um, Isn't Kyrgios still Paul. in there, or did he lose? Or did he lose today? Uh, uh, Nick Ky- uh, Kyrgios. Kyrgios is Australian, but he gotcha. is still in there. Yep. You're talking about strictly. I'm, I'm talking about Americans. Gotcha. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I need to see an American win a major championship in tennis because it has not happened since Andy Roddick in 2003. Go America! Happened, which is also the last time America had a number one player atop the rankings for tennis, which was Andy Roddick as well, who was my favorite player until I found out he was an asshole. So, moving on, Keys. Who are you pouring one out for? All right, I'm pouring one out for Vanderbilt. You got their new logo this year, and they didn't screw the pooch against Matt's Rainbow Warriors. Uh, <laughs> 63-10 to victory. The only time we'll ever see them atop the SEC standings. For the entire season, that's what I'm gonna. You say that now. Hey, Clark Lee, Clark Lee picked them to win SEC this year in his <laughs> coaches' poll. So, well, and and unless their their new rebranding package really added a spark <laughs> to the whole the team, well, they they pumped like six billion dollars into their football program. They did really. So, yeah, we'll see if it pays off in the rest of the about week. time they did. They well, they need more than one year to actually do something. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're doing all Andy kinds of stuff the in the program. And I am cutting off University of South Carolina. They. Renamed their live mascot, their rooster oh, mascot, and they went with the general over cock commander. I can't believe this. And cock commander had the most votes. I know. They, Did you see what Spencer Rattler said? Wanted. What? Spencer Rattler said, I thought his name was already cock commander. <laughs> I mean, you got to so do the, what the people want. To the fans, it will be cock commander. Oh, Huge yeah. L for the Gamecocks. Yeah. It should just be general cock commander. I mean, when you when you got your friends already walk around saying, "I love being a cock," like it's just yeah, they you're already a cock fan. Classic. <laughs> Either way, moving on, uh, guys. It's week one. We're back on the picks and locks train. Week two for Lando. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I but, appreciate uh, you saying that. <laughs> yeah, you're you're welcome. <laughs> everybody has hey, everybody has their own definitions. <laughs> All right, my lock of the week in week two. Uh, college football is going to be Miami over Bethune Cookman. That's that, that's pretty 
cut and dry right just there. straight up not against the spreader yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're gonna kill him really really going on a, on a limb going out on a limb there tonight <laughs> <laughs> going out on a limb mario, there miami mario, bethune cookman mario christopher get the big win yes sir bethune cookman bethune cookman there you go that's hilarious Wit. in honor of orlando i'm picking oklahoma to lock and beat utep shocker by and you know what and i'll do this Oklahoma is a minus 30 and a half favorite. I think they cover that easily. I think they win by 52 points. 52, they're going to win 55 to 3. That's going to be the inning score of the game. You know, I I'm going to I'm just going to say this. I don't care how many points Oklahoma puts up on the board. I don't want UTEP to score a single freaking point. I wouldn't either, especially with how Oklahoma's defense has been the past couple of years. You bring in a guy like Brent Venables, you want him to say, "Listen, I done for. Look, you guys think everybody thinks Oklahoma doesn't have the talent on defense to have a good, solid top fifteen unit. They freaking do. They, I've been saying it like literally since we're doing this podcast, and I know you have too. They have the talent. It's been coaching. It's soft. A freaking team coaching. like UTEP, I say at the least three points. Yes, I completely that, that's reasonable. I completely agree. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. So I'm going 55 to three. Oklahoma wins. Dylan Gabriel throws for 490 yards, and uh, Marvin Mims is the player of the game. Still. All right, Ian, what you got? All right, my lock of the week is going to be NC State over East Carolina. I, you know, I just chose that one because I feel like that's a little bit of a interesting one. It's Carolina versus Carolina. And with all the hype NC State's got, I just kind of want to see them beat the brakes off a team before I really start taking any kind of hype of them being in the top 25, really. So, that's what I'm going to go with. Keys. All right, so typically we all, since we're all Georgia Southern guys, we all uh, usually pick the Georgia Southern game, but we're not doing that this week. Too much games on, on week one this week. True. So, I'm going to be the resident Georgia Southern fan this week. Uh, they're playing Morgan State Bears. So it's uh, about as exciting as the Oklahoma game this week. Um, 38.5 point favorite for Georgia Southern this week. Really? Yes. Wow. Holy cow. So I, I think they're definitely going to cover that. Is that going to be on ESPN Plus? It will be. We'll Ooh. find a way. And yes, it will be on my, one of my TVs. I, I will have four TVs up on Saturday. It will be on. Oh, I'm sorry. Barfields is the place to be. Well, Barfield's and, uh, I think they're going to cover that. I'm really excited to start watching some Clay Helton, Georgia Southern football. I am too. Going on down there, uh, see what the QB situation's like, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take. The, I'm going to say it's at least by 40 points. Whoa! If the first play of if that they, game, if right. they play well, if it's a good unit, I think they'll just be incredible. If if it's if they're a little shaky, then probably by about. 10. See, one thing a lot of people are saying about Georgia Southern, and I, we don't need to get into the whole thing about Georgia Southern. I just want to say this one thing. Um. Everybody's saying because they're changing to this new spread out system that they don't really have the right personnel for it because they've had the triple option for so many years. Same as like how Georgia Tech was their first year with Jeff Collins. They did terrible. Um, Of course, they've been terrible ever since then, too. (laughs) But um, one thing that Clay Helton came out and said a couple weeks ago was he was like, like, I don't know why everybody keeps saying we don't have good receivers. He goes, this team should have been throwing the ball a long time ago. There's more athletes. There's as many athletes here as I had at USC. That's a bold yeah. statement. Uh, granted, you know, 
He, he might be embellishing just a little bit. He may, but, he may be over-exaggerating. But am I? is he wrong to say that we, we've we always had the receivers? Georgia Southern's always had the receivers. I was about to say, we've always had like we just never had a, We've never had a quarterback. Georgia Southern's never had the quarterback that could throw the ball and never had a system where they actually cared to throw the ball. Yeah. It's always well, been You see, that was, it, was it that told me that stat that Georgia Southern, I think, is like 10-0? Yeah, it was Ian. Was it 10-0? We're 10-0 and 0, never throwing the, if we've never thrown the ball in the game. <laughs> Florida being one of those, <laughs> which I is just baffling. Well, that was back before we did the whole spread triple option thing. Right? That was yeah. stupid. But either way, uh, Key's a good one. I like George Southern. It'll be good to see him. Clay Helton's first game, and uh, we'll move on to our picks of the week. Uh, starting with the backyard brawl Thursday night game. This game is on, is on tomorrow. Uh, I believe it's on ESPN. Actually, this is an old rivalry game back from when West Virginia was in the ACC. Uh, they're bringing it back. West Virginia is, I'm sorry, Pitt is number 17. They are a seven-point favorite playing at Heinz Field. Ian, you're first. I'm, I'm going with West Virginia. I mean, I get it. Like, Pitt was really good last year, but I feel like they just lost too much. I know you get Keaton Slovis, but West Virginia also gets JT Daniels, which is such an interesting matchup because they were both at USC at one point, JT Daniels. Tears his ACL, loses his job to Keaton Slovis, ends up transferring out. Keaton Slovis loses it to Jackson Dart after getting hurt. So I just think that couldn't be a better situation for a rivalry when it comes to those two teams to bring it back. I think it's going to have a ton of energy. And then you got Keaton Slovis, you know, mind my language, but he goes up on stage and says, fuck West Virginia. And, I mean, I just think that is going to be an absolutely amazing game when it comes to the energy. I'm really sad that, like, I couldn't be at a game like that because I feel like that one's just going to be amazing. Go Mountaineers. Lando, what you got for us? West Virginia. West Virginia. Both of you guys are picking West Virginia. All the Um, way. You know what? I'm going to go West Virginia, too. I'm going to West Virginia. I like JT Daniels. Um, I thought he was good at Georgia. Um, I I mean, he... Y'all listen to the podcast. I'd said pretty much every single week, I think up until the Kentucky game last year, that he should be the starter. I didn't know why Stetson was playing. Obviously, he proved me wrong, but JT Daniels is a good quarterback. He's got a great arm. He's, he's the still got that five-star player in him. You can see it. Um, even since he's been at West Virginia, all they've done is talk about how quickly he's picked up the playbook, how quickly he's become a leader of the team. And um, if you guys watched West Virginia last year, they actually were pretty good on the ground. Their quarterback just could not get it done in the air. So I think bringing in JT Daniels, um, adding him into that passing game is going to open up the run game some more. They're going to play tough physical football. I think West Virginia is going to have a good year. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12. I don't think they're really even going to contend for the Big 12. But I see them moving up that ladder. Because like right, I think last year they went 5-7 and seven and won their bowl game, I believe. They were 6-7, and seven, I know that. Um, I see them taking that step forward, maybe being an 8-4 and four team, maybe 7-5. and five. West Virginia is oddly just one of those teams I always hope is like good. I don't know what it is. I just I just like them. I do too. Completely agree. Uh, moving on to our next game, we have the North Carolina battle. We got UNC at App State. Not sure how App State pulled getting North Carolina to come play in, at their uh, stadium because Lord knows Georgia Southern couldn't do that with anybody. But <laughs> we, what we had BYU. <laughs> oh, App State. Yeah, <laughs> I was like yeah. Southern has not. <laughs> I was like, we got to go play Nebraska. Got uh, all the Mormons. Yeah, but App State, uh, or no, I'm sorry, UNC is a two-point favorite in that game. Uh, Ian, see what you got. I got App State. I just, 
I don't know what it is. I feel like App State's just always kind of has that grit about them, except for when they play Georgia Southern. I feel like they kind of crumble against us sometimes, even when they're the team that should win. But, you know, I just feel like they're one of those teams that's always goes out there with that chip on their shoulder. And I feel like with it being such a close spread, them going in with that chip on their shoulder, it's at home. Those fans are going to be rowdy. It's going to have a lot of energy. And I think it's going to be enough to kind of flip the switch on UNC. I mean, UNC's got a new quarterback. So I think that's going to be the tipping point of them kind of getting over that hump and getting the win. Lando, what you got for us? Did UNC uh, lose last week? They did not. Okay, but it was it was uh they didn't play well, did they? Mm-mm. I remember we kind of watched them that game. Yeah, against Florida A and M. Yeah, I got UNC because they're not going to play like play like that two weeks in a row. See, I think after watching them last year, I think they have a good team. I think they do have good mm-hmm. talent. I think it needs to grow, and I think App State. Um, granted, I couldn't tell you who they have coming back off the top of my head. They have a lot of continuity though, especially in the coaching staff. Um, I think App State wins the game because it's at home. Uh, I think it's really, really close. But it just feels like one of those games where App State wins and everybody's like, oh, App State's this super good group of five yeah. team, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the year, UNC's like four and eight or five and seven. And App State ends up and, being and, and, and then And then, well, no, and App State goes like 10 and two or 11 and one and doesn't do anything. They just go on to play in the New Orleans Bowl like they do every year. And uh, and everybody's freaking out because they beat UNC and they're like, whoa, they're so good. They beat a Power <laughs> Five team. But it's like they beat the Power Five teams that are terrible. So, uh, so I'm gonna go App State. Yeah, I guess I'll go App State. Moving on. Uh, this game is actually one I'm super intrigued in. Uh, we got number 23 Cincinnati heading into Favorite Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks, who are ranked <laughs> number 19 in the preseason poll. Uh, Arkansas is a six point favorite. Ian, who you got? I've got Arkansas. I mean, just they bring so much back. Cincinnati lost so much. And I know that magical season Cincinnati had last year with them actually making the playoffs as a group of five team. But I just – I can't see with all the new parts coming in for them, I can't see Luke Fickle winning that at Arkansas being an SCC game. I mean, you got K.J. Jefferson. I just – I don't see it. I see Arkansas honestly winning by more. Lando, what about you? Arkansas is going to kill them. Too much raw power. And Cincinnati is not going to have that same, I guess, um, panache that they've had the past couple years. Panache. <laughs> <laughs> always got his word of the day. Did you just pull that out of your ass? I sure did. <laughs> it's called having a thesaurus stuffed in your ass. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you, though. I'm, I'm going to Arkansas, too. I do think it's pretty close. I don't think it's going to be a beatdown. Um, but Arkansas had the best rushing attack in the SEC last year. They bring back what I think was probably the third or fourth best quarterback in the SEC last year. Um, they also bring in Jaden Hazelwood, former five-star that played at Oklahoma. Never really uh, lived up to the billing, but so far I've heard good things coming from camp. Uh, I've heard kid. good things coming from Matt Landers as well. Uh, he, used to, he was a Georgia receiver who transferred to, I think, Toledo and then just transferred to Arkansas this year. So they'll they'll have a good team. They bring back both running backs. They bring back a lot on the offensive line. Defense will be really good. They lost a couple players and transferred to LSU once Brian Kelly went over there. They also got Brenny from Georgia. You got who? Brenny. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, Brenny. Yeah, he'll play in the secondary. He's going to be really good for them. Ah, uh, we'll see. He'll be all right. He never really played, for, or he played a little bit for Georgia. Played pretty dang good for us. He played okay. Either way, I think Arkansas is going to win. Um, I'd love to see how Cincinnati does. Just. 
looking on to the rest of the season because I think they're going to be a big player in the group of five, but I got Arkansas winning the game. Moving on to our, well, no, that's no, not. I was going to say our SEC game of the week, but it's really not. Uh, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game of the week. Uh, we have number 11, Oregon, heading into Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, taking on the national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, ranked mm-hmm. number three. Uh, 17 and a half point favorite in, I think I know who you're picking, but go ahead and say it. I'm going with Georgia. I'm not shocker. <laughs> I mean, come on, but also I don't know what it is with Georgia. I feel like we have a bug when it comes to the Mercedes Benz. It just kind of, it's true. We have not, time. Georgia has not won a Mercedes Benz stadium since they beat Auburn in 2017. I look at that spread and I could see it being higher than that. I really could see us winning by a lot more, but just with how we are on the Benz. And also I feel like Oregon's going to do a lot better than people expect. So I feel like it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. I could see it going both ways. I think it's going to be pretty close, but I honestly, I just think the tight ends and really that's it. I feel like there's a lot of things we stack up kind of equal with. I just feel like the tight ends are going to be what kind of pushes that over for Georgia. So I'm going with Georgia surprisingly. Lando, who are you picking? Wait, you go. You want me to go? You go. Okay. Well, obviously I'm going to pick Georgia as well. Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to be honest, and honestly, it's more so that I don't think Oregon is going to be up to snuff to start the year just because of everything they had changed yeah. from last year. I think Georgia, it, it, especially coming into the season, takes a step back from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia loses a lot on defense. They bring back everybody on offense, but uh, and you know I'm higher on Stetson Bennett than I was last year, but Stetson Bennett is not. He's not a Heisman winner. He's not a guy that's going to step in there and score you 60 points a game just throwing the ball. 50 times a game. It's not going to happen. So um, as much as I would love to see it happen. Uh, but I, I am picking Georgia. I think Georgia wins just over that 17 and a half point line. Um, I think Oregon ends up having a really good year, but I think this is a game where Dan Lanning can kind of show his team. This is what we need to be working towards, working towards a team where a culture that is like Georgia, like at Alabama, like uh, how Oklahoma was um, all those kind of teams. So, uh, I'm going to say Georgia for sure and uh, Lando. Yeah, I'm going with Oregon. Um, no football anal- no, no football analysis needed. I'm going with Oregon just because I want to see Georgia lose. Shocker. No, honestly, no, no, I'm not going to lie. So, like sometimes I pick Georgia because I want to like I personally think Georgia is a good football team. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they can, you know, they deserve to win a national championship last year. And I will pick Georgia this year in, in, in some in some games. It's just right now, as of this weekend, as of right now, <laughs> screw Georgia. I want to see you guys lose. <laughs> Go on, Oregon. It would be quite the upset. 2017 still hurts for him. Actually, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Georgia fans bring it up all the time. Just like, oh, 2017, 2017. I think Georgia time. winning the national championship was the best thing that could have happened to people coming at Oklahoma fans about the Rose Bowl, though. Because now nobody really the Rose Bowl was the greatest thing that's ever happened in Georgia since we won the national that's championship sad. in eighty. But until the national championship last year, so it's not that sad anymore. <laughs> it was sad. It was sad. Either way, moving on from Georgia. Uh our next game, we have number seven, Utah, heading south to the swamp in Gainesville, Florida. Utah is a two and a half point favorite, even though Florida is unranked. Ian, how are you picking? I got Utah. I just, they're returning a lot, and Utah is. I think Utah is just as good as people say. I mean, they, they did really good against Ohio State last year when it came to their bowl game. Yes, they kind of fell apart at the end. I mean, 
you know, Ohio State had that wide receiver go for that crazy bowl record of yards. But I think Utah is who they say it is. And I just think with Florida getting a new coach, I do think Billy Napier is going to be a good coach for them. But I just think with it being a new coach and bringing in new and all this stuff, and you got Anthony Richardson, who I think, honestly, as a Georgia fan, I think he has the pieces to be really good, but he's been put in the limelight on too many situations where he's kind of been forced into it. And I think this is kind of another one of those situations. And so I'm just going with Utah. Florida's paying Utah $500,000 to come down there. So if they beat it, what? Yep. Yep. Are they really? Yes, they are. You got to think when this was all set up though, this was prior to Utah actually being really good, but still they're still, I mean, they're pac 12 team. Yeah. That makes no sense. I mean, but that's pretty standard for teams coming to play. That's no, that's insane. There's no way. That's like, like when that's like App State having UNC come in there. Like, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, granted, it's a little bit different, but there's no way. Like, who? Where's or the uh, Oklahoma Nebraska game was at Oklahoma last year, right? There's no way Oklahoma paid Nebraska five hundred thousand dollars to come play there. Last well, no, because that's you don't pay non-conference Power Five games. I actually don't. Play. You don't hear about that very much. I've never heard that before. I know for like you know FCS schools like yeah. when LSU and the one like like when know, Georgia Southern goes to play at Georgia or goes to play the at Florida Charleston School for the Blind exactly two million dollars to come yeah but you, <laughs> you do that they pump money into their program keep their program running Utah shouldn't need that but whatever um, Florida shouldn't pay it out either Lando he got in this game <sighs> kind of going back and forth um, I'll go Utah Utes just because. Just because. Just I because. Like <laughs> I like Simple. it. I like it. I, I am going to go with Florida, and I'll tell you why. Literally, I have no reason whatsoever. I don't think they're a better team. I don't think they have more talent. I don't think they're better coached. But I think, and a lot of people are, a lot of people have come at me about this, I think Utah having to travel to Florida and play in Florida, where it's humid and hot in the beginning of September, is going to be tough for them. Coming from, I mean, granted, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, 70 degrees or 60 degrees in Utah all the time, but the humidity level and everything is completely different than what it's going to be. That in. is a swamp. Yeah. I mean, so I, they're I literally that. playing in the swamp, but it's not like they're going to be down there. Like when you, when you play like a bowl game or something, you go and hang out there for a week. So you kind of get used to the whole humidity and everything. They're only down there really for the weekend. I mean, they probably traveled, probably travel tomorrow or on Friday. I will say I was originally leaning that way pretty hard too, mm -hmm. but then when they started saying, and I know that this is not going to emulate what it is like in Florida with how swamp-like and humid it is, but with Utah actually taking that into account and practicing, in the, yeah, stuff like that, which, I feel like which they will, but it's you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't replicate, completely. you can't re replicate uh, blah, blah, Florida um, humidity. Those kids and are going to get on that. Contrary to what that stupid Barstool podcast. Uh, okay, I'm not even going to say their name on here. It's not part of my take, which I love. So not them. <laughs> love them. Hate the other one. Um, uh, contrary to what Casey Smith said on that podcast, the Swamp is a tough place to play. Yes. The fans are crazy. When they have a big game, like Billy Napier's first game against a top 10 team in the Swamp, that team is going to be rocking. The stadium's going to be rocking. It's going to be loud. Um, I mean... Lana's going to love this. It's SEC country. It just means more. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm going to pick Florida. I think it's going to be a close, 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 yeah. close game. I think it's either going to be a close game or I think Utah is going to beat the snot out of them. That's I how say, I feel about that game. I think it's really interesting that that's a seven-ranked team going against an unranked team, and it's a three-point spread. 
Yeah, because it's at Florida, and because it's also Florida is also a team that has the image of. I mean, they're you know mm-hmm. they're blue blood. The people see them as a blue blood. So even when they're not that good or they're not ranked, they people still look at them as like like if Utah beats Florida, that's one of Utah's biggest wins. Yeah. of their tenure, almost of, no of matter program. how bad they do all season. Exactly. Because it is Florida. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing with like USC, Nebraska, those kind of teams. Um, but moving on, we'll get to our – I'm going to say this is our game of the week. Uh, we have number five, Notre Dame, taking on number two, Ohio State. College game day is going to be there. Um, we got – it's Marcus Freeman's first regular season game as the head coach for Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State is a 17-point favorite. Top five matchup. Ian, who you got? I'm going to go Ohio State, but if Notre Dame somehow wins this, you got to start looking at Ryan Day and being like, dude, what's going on? You lost to Oregon last year. But I do think it's going to be Ohio State. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what the spread suggests, but I, I think Ohio State still wins by maybe 10 points. Lando, who are you picking? Ohio State by 30. By 30? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm right on with Lando. I think Ohio State wins this game. I think it might even be more than 30. Um, and I think I think Notre Dame's going to be good. I think they're going to have a good defense, but I think Ohio State is going to have a historic offense. Yeah, really, really good offense. CJ Stroud's coming back. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, Julian Fleming. They still got mm-hmm. Julian Fleming there. Uh, Egg Buka. They got Marvin Harrison Jr. It's going to be a loaded wide receiving core. Um, and of course, they bring back Travion Henderson in the backfield and most of their offensive line. And then they bring in um, Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator, whose name is escaping me at this very moment. But they bring him in to help out the defense, who was the Achilles heel last year. Um, so I think Ohio State has a really good year. So I'm taking them. And uh, I think, but I, I agree with you, if Ohio State does lose this game, or even if Notre Dame keeps it really close, I think Ryan Day, there starts to be a little bit of heat. You got to look at him. You got to kind of look at what's Especially going on. Especially with what happened to Mich- with Michigan last year. Because even, I mean, you could ask any Ohio State fan, if an Ohio State head coach loses to Michigan even once, they start to kind of look at you like, all right, if you're not going to win us a national championship, you're not going to beat us, beat Michigan. Then what, he was what are given you like here? the keys to a Ferrari. Actually, he absolutely was, and he's done a great job. He's recruited super yeah. well. He's already gotten them to one national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, he just hasn't actually won one, and uh, and he just lost to Michigan for the first time. So, uh, but moving on, we're going to go ahead and do our conference winners, Power Five conference winners, Ian. We'll let you go first. SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, and Pac-12. SEC, I got Bama. I mean, I hate it, but that's what it is. Big Ten, I got Ohio State. I think they go it. Big 12, Baylor. Switch that one up a little bit. ACC, Clemson. That's as easy as it comes. Pac-12, I got USC. I mean, they got the hype, but I think they've got the tools. That's why. Lando, what about you? SEC? Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, what you got? So, for the SEC, um, Roll Tide. Uh, For the Big 10, I will go with Ohio State. For the Big 12, uh, Baylor. For the ACC, I have... Let's go with Pittsburgh, why not? And for the Pac-12, Oregon. If you think USC is going to be good... (laughs) You need to rethink your life. I'm I'm just gonna say that you're gonna hate me. Why are you picking Baylor over Oklahoma? I'm actually curious. Uh, it's so Baylor and and Oklahoma are, are going to play in the Big Twelve Championship. Game. I think that that's going to happen. Yeah, but Dave Rand has been there for what? This would be his third year. This would be year three. It's just experience. Okay, 
Yeah, and he, and he brings back a lot of guys. Yeah, so. Experience. At the okay. end of the day. It's going to be close. Now, I'm, now I'm just, I, I, I want shocked. to be, I want to be wrong. Uh-huh. I want to be wrong. Well, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But an experienced coach, a first-time head coach. Mm-hmm. Now we have better tools. We have, I think we have a better staff and all yep. that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's just experience. I got you. That's, cool. That's what it is. Wow. Very unbiased take there, Lando. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, yeah, I'm very that, – that, that's a great one. Good job. Good job. Well, SEC – Unfortunately, I am picking Bama. Uh, I'd like to pick Georgia, but, you know, they lose a lot, whatever. Uh, Big 10, I got Ohio State. think they're going to have a huge year. Big 12, I'm picking Oklahoma. And I'm surprised we're the only one picking Oklahoma this year, which is shocking to me. Uh, and, you know, I could go on and on about why I like Oklahoma. ACC, I'm picking Clemson. Uh, I don't think they have as good of a year as everybody thinks they're going to have, but whatever. Uh, I do think they win the ACC. I'm not big on a lot of teams there. Uh, Pac-12, I'm picking USC. I don't understand. I just don't understand. <laughs> I'm picking USC, and don't once again, I have a lot I could say about USC, but we'll I don't we'll get it for time. Preseason playoff picks, national champion, based on your research, Ian, what you got? Top four. So I'm going to go Bama number one. Okay. I'm going to go Ohio State number two because I think they're going to beat Michigan. I got number three being Baylor. And I got number four being Georgia because I think we okay. lose. I think we lose the SEC championship. That's not what I see on the screen, Ian. I, I accept that. I accept <laughs> that. I was about to say if you say if you say USC, I, I will. I'm I will, not, I will no. walk out out this, this this apartment. Okay, I got uh, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Baylor, and Georgia. Why not? Okay. Who wins the Natty? Baylor. Over. Ohio State. Okay. Wow. For my Natty, just so to clear this up, I put Georgia, but the only reason I put Georgia is because I think if we lose the Georgia SEC championship, the yes, if we okay. lose the SEC championship okay. and we somehow make it to the national championship against whoever we play, I, I think there's a we just got the ch- we've got the chance and I think now that a little bit of the bug is out and it is Alabama I think there is a chance and I think with there being a chance that's why I'm gonna go. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, Lando's about to walk out because I have USC at four, <laughs> but starting from the top, I have Alabama. I think Alabama goes twelve and one, wins the SEC, beats Georgia in the SEC championship. I think Georgia goes undefeated in the regular season, loses the game to Bama, still gets in, ends up at number three because I have USC at four. Because I think the only reason USC sneaks in is because they either go 12 and 0 or 11 and 1 in the Pac 12, who I think is going to have the worst year in Pac 12 history. I agree. I think there's one team in the Pac 12 that has anywhere close to the talent USC has, mostly on offense, but they do have the talent there. And they have the coaching as much as Lando hates Lincoln Riley. I don't even and, hate Lincoln Riley. And, much, just, and he is wait, soft. And he is record, soft. So I agree. I, I think he's a soft coach too, but he is good at he's good at running a passing game, and he's gonna have one of the best passing games in the country. But they're not gonna play anybody. They don't play anybody this entire season. They play Notre Dame, who's who I don't think is gonna have that great of a year either. Utah's the only one that I could see like being that much better than USC. And I could see Utah being in the spot, but I just can't see people preseason putting Utah at number seven and them ending in the top 10. When has that ever happened with a team like Utah? Never. 
Utah's never gone, done what they did last year, made it to the made it to the Rose Bowl, almost beat Ohio State, comes back in the year after, and then go, actually goes and makes the playoffs. I don't I don't see it happening. So I'm going to USC. I don't think USC is better than Oklahoma. I don't think they're better than Clemson. I don't think they're better than Baylor. I think there's a million teams. I think Texas A and M is going to be better than USC. But because USC plays in the Pac-12, I think they will make it to the playoff. And I think they will lose by to Bama by 85 points. I was about to say, they'd get throttled. <laughs> but either way, and I think Ohio State goes undefeated. I think the only reason Bama is over Ohio State is because I don't think Ohio State's schedule is going to be that strong by the end of the year. They'll have Notre Dame and they'll have Michigan. Besides that, I don't really see a lot of teams being that high up for them. Penn State could be okay. I don't really think they're going to be that good either. Um, so that's why I have Ohio State too. I have Bama throttling USC. I have Ohio State beating Georgia in a super, super close game. And then I have Ohio State beating Alabama in what is one of the highest scoring and one of the closest national championships we've ever seen. And I got Ohio State winning. Ryan Day's first national championship. And uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. I will say, if Georgia doesn't win it in my pick, I got Ohio State winning it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's our show. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Before you guys log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on our Instagram and TikTok at Around the Keg and on Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. If you'd like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of today's episode or check out our merch at AroundTheKeg.com. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.